Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Good to be here. Week, day, midweek. Praise God. All week. Amen. Ready for that, right? Conference all week. Come on, man. <laughs> Got him. Amen. Let me just get a couple things set up here. Amen. Now, first of all, before we get started, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for just being here, Lord God, being in your presence, Father God, that, Lord God, you would help us, Father, to see what you have us to see today, Lord God, to hear your words, Lord God, that our ears would be open, Father God, Lord God, to what you have for us today, Lord God, Lord God, as we take it into the crossover, into the promised land, Father God, Lord God, help us, Lord God, to visualize, Lord God. Lord God, with your sight, Lord God, not ours, Lord God. Lord God, that your word would just encourage us and help us, Lord God, and lead us into the right direction to see what you have us to see today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I know he, you, um, I don't know if, did you put the title on there? Okay. You can go ahead and bring that up. But I I, I had a, to question the title. And, uh, and actually, you know, what he wrote there is what, what's all around you. All right? You think about that. But I also said, what do you see? What do you see? You know, it's easy to see when you're here in the house of God. But what do you see when you're here? What do you see? Amen? What's all around you? Think about it. What's around you? You know, God is getting us to cross over into His promises. And so I'm going to use one of the scriptures I used before in Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. It says, I give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Amen? Every place where you set as I promised Moses. You know, I think about that. You know, God says, I'm going to give you the promised land, but you've got to step into it. You've got to cross over into it. You can't just, well, I'm just going to touch it and come back out. No, he says, every place that you put your foot, the promised land that God's wanting us to see 
is here in this valley. But what do we see? And how far are we going to go? I'm sure that when God showed Moses the promised land, even though he wasn't going to enter in, he put him on a high place so he can actually see it. All of it. But what do we see? Are we just going to take a couple of steps? Are we going to be running and prouncing around all over what God has for us? Because see, one thing got that the Lord showing us is that we can't just step in a couple of feet, a couple of steps. He wants us to run around. He wants us to take control. He wants us to have everything that is there in this valley, in the promise that He has us to take this day. But the thing is, it's not going to happen unless you step in and do actually what He says to do. Take it. It's yours. I've given it to you. But will you go in as I say and do as I say? Listen to his words that he tells us. In the word of God, he's sharing it with us and he's telling us, you don't even know what's out there. You don't know the direction to go either. Sometimes, yeah, we want to step out and we just run. I'm going to go this way. Sometimes God's going to say, no, you got to need to go around this way first or this way or over this hill, over this mountain, around this. But are we listening? Are we listening? In Matthew 6, 9 and 10, it says, this then is how you should pray. They asked Jesus, how should we pray? And, and we use this almost every, every time we meet for goal, man. And we start out, we're saying it, but do we actually see what we're saying? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In verse 10 it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But are we actually praying for the kingdom of God to come? Here, here. See, the thing is, is that it's easy to accept that we're in the presence of God right now because we're here. We're meeting here. We meet here on Sunday. It's easy to see that. It's easy to feel the presence of the Lord through the worship and everything. How about when you're not around and in the building? What do you see? God's wanting you to see His kingdom. God's wanting you to see His presence. Not just here, but at your home, in your workplaces, in the schools. Your children need to know that they have something that they can call upon. They want the, the Lord wants us to call upon Him. Your kingdom come down here. You know, there, there's a song. I know I've written, written it down here, but I didn't put it in my front page here, so I'm not going to look for it. But it talks about heaven heaven coming down. Heaven coming down. We want to see the the presence of the Lord here where we're at, and not just here, everywhere, in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces. We want to have the presence of the Lord where we're at. Amen? 
You know, here we read in Joshua 5, 13 and through 15, and now Joshua was coming near to Jericho, and he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword drawn, a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have come, have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does the Lord have for his servant? But verse 15 says, The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place that you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. He did so. Amen. Amen. And, and also we read about when Joshua, not Joshua, but Moses, 40 years earlier, he's, he sees that bush burning. And as he got closer to that bush, the angel of the Lord spoke to him and told him the same exact things. Take off your sandals, for the ground that you're standing on is holy. One thing that God wants us to realize is that as we seek Him, as we go forward and we look for Him and we decide that we want Him and we grow closer to Him, that we are going to be on holy ground. You've got to hear. You've got to see what God wants for you. But the thing is, is that we just read and read and read, but we never pertain it to our own life our own walk and everything that is around us. And the thing is, is that we need to be open. That's why God needs to open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear because a lot of times we don't see what God wants us to see. We don't know what's out there. We don't know what we're going to expect out there. But God wants to open up our eyes to see what we're going to step into. But not only that, but He wants us to know that He wants to be with us all the way. All the way, not part of the way, not some of the way. Oh, I'm just going to take a couple of steps and then I'm going to back out. No, he says you got to go all the way. you got to go forward. When you run that race, you got to run to win, he says. You can't turn around and run backwards. you got to go forward. We go back to Joshua 4, 14. It says, that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they stood in awe at him all the days of his life, just as they stood at awe with Moses. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Law to come out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, Come out, out of Jordan. And the priest came up to the river carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And it's no sooner that they had set their feet on dry ground the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. But as soon as they stepped onto dry ground, dry ground, things happen. God wants you to know as soon as you step in, things are going to happen. Not later, not sometimes a year later, not five years later, no. When you step in now, something is going to happen. Something took place. He said the first thing that happened is the Jordan came back to where it was at before. This is what God wants us to realize. His promises start as soon as we cross over. Not later. Right away. Right away. We already read, I read out of Luke 17 about 
for the Lord said, Jesus taught them how to pray. But the thing is, is that, are we, did we get it? Did we grasp a hold of it? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. No, this, I didn't read that yet. Is it up there? Uh, Luke 17, 20 and 21. Because we need to read it. We need to understand what God has for us. Amen. He says, verse 20 says, Once being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Did you grasp that? The kingdom of God is already here. It's with us. It's going to step out with us when we cross over. It's going to step out into the promises that God has given us. It's not going to come later. It's already here. God says it's in the midst of us. He's in the midst of us. The kingdom of God, when we call down the heavens from, uh, from, uh, call down heaven onto earth. That's what he's wanting us to do. I remember Pastor, uh, um, Corey. He preached, when he preached one time, he asked us, what is our purpose? What is our purpose? And our purpose is to bring heaven down to where we're at. And if we're not doing that, then we're missing out on what we're going to step into. Because if we don't have the Lord backing us up, and if we're not walking with Him, and we're not drawing closer to Him, we're going to miss out on what He's going to give us. And so I don't have that, this scripture for you that I gave you, but I put down Psalms 19.1. It says, the, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of His hands. Grasping hold of what God is trying to get to us to realize if we have the heavens coming down to where we're at, understanding that God is the one that created the heavens and the earth and it's His glory that's in it. And he's wanted to have his glory, not just here in the house of God, but in our homes, out wherever we're running around to. When we're out in the streets and, and, we, and you guys experienced something just the other day on Monday night, you went to a movie. And if the Lord wasn't present there, things wouldn't have happened. You saw something. You experienced something. But you had to have the presence of the Lord there. But a lot of times we go there and we're doing things and we're not asking God to be part of it. We're trying to do things on our own. We're trying to do it in our own strength and our own power. And God wants you to realize that you can't do it on your own. You need Him. Yes, Moses got to that burning bush and he took off his sandals Amazing, amazing. He grew, drew closer to God. 
And that's what God wants us to do, is to draw closer to Him. In Jeremiah 9.23, says, This is what the Lord says, Let not the wise boast in their wisdom, or the, the strong boast in their strength, or the rich boast in their riches, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. This is what God wants all around us, to have an understanding of who he is. We know who we are. We know where we came from. But we need to let all that go. When, when the children of Israel crossed over into the promised land, they had to let go of everything. They had to let go of, of, of being in slavery and being in bondage and being in bitterness and, and being workaholics. It got to them. They had to let go of the idols and the, everything else that the, the, the Egyptians tried to put upon them because it, it got a, and affected their lives. If you don't watch out when you cross over and you try to take all that garbage with you, it's going to affect you when you go over. You're not going to be able to do anything that God wants you to do because you're holding on to all that garbage and all that baggage that was there before. You have to let it go, he says. You have to let go of everything, everything. Uh, you have to let go of your families and your friends sometimes. You don't realize it, but they will drag you down. They will pull you down. And the devil loves to pull you down. The devil loves to lie to you. He loves to, to deceive you. He wants to destroy everything that God wants to do in your life. But if you let it go, there's nothing that the devil has to hold on you anymore. But Jesus went to the cross, so the devil doesn't have anything when you're saved and when you're transformed. You have to realize that Jesus bought and paid the price for your life. You're no longer in bondage. You're no longer in shackles. He set you free. You have freedom. You have freedom. You need to express that freedom when you're out there. You have to let people know what God has done in your life. That's why we talk about your testimony, your testimony, your testimony, just like what happened on Monday night. It is a testimony that you have, something that you saw. You need to let somebody else know what you have experienced. But if you don't tell anybody, how are they going to know? You know, the other day I, I, I said, you know how you know that God is alive? Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. What do you see? You're not the same anymore. You've been transformed. Only God could have done that in your life. Only God could have changed you. I know. I, I, I tried to make changes in my life before I got saved. I tried to quit drinking. I tried to quit drugs. And I tried to quit stealing and, and lying and cheating and doing all the perverted things that I did. And nothing helped. I couldn't change anything. I couldn't do anything to make my life any different. But as soon as I asked Jesus to come into my heart and my life, that's when something happened. That's when a crossover took place in my life 40 years ago is because I accepted the Word of God, Jesus Christ. We have to realize that God is wanting us to be walking with Him, for Him to be in our presence, 
to Him and being in our daily lives and our daily walk. When we get up in the morning thanking Him, Lord, Lord, I thank You because I still have breath in my life. I still can breathe. I can still walk. I can still talk. I, I can still share the Word of God. But a lot of us, we just, oh, well, it's just another day. See, God, God's wanting us to realize that He wants heaven all around us. And the thing is, is that, not only that, but you think about it, He says that how things are in heaven, He wants it the same way here where we're at. There's no difference, He says. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to have the same thing and the same reverence to Him and the same obedience to Him as if we were in heaven in His kingdom down here on earth. Letting go, letting go. It was Luke 11 that I was, Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom, Lord. Father God, we, we, need, we need his kingdom where we're at. But what we, we need to, there's things that we need to do, though, to understand where we're at, what we're, what's going on in our lives. A lot of us, we're, we're, we're bitter or we're angry, and, and sometimes we launch out at God and we blame God for what's going on in our lives and in, in, our, in our homes and in our children and in our marriages. And, and it's, God had nothing to do with it. But the thing is, is if we don't have the presence of the Lord around us, then we're allowing the enemy to fulfill that void in our lives. You have to understand the first thing that we have to realize is our first love. Our first love when you got saved. Ephesians 2.8 says, we were saved by grace. By grace. It wasn't anything that we could have done. This is the first thing that we have to understand that when we come to God, we thank God, I thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you for the changes in my life. I thank you for the testimony that I have today because of what he's done in my life and for what he did yesterday and the day before. It's a testimony. Our testimony doesn't stop just because we just serve God. God wants things to happen every day in our lives. And the second thing is this, we need to remember our identity. In John 15, 18 through 21 is, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, the world would have loved you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they would obey yours also. If they treat you the way this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. They don't know the Father. They don't know who sent me. Remember your identity Christ wants you to realize he's called you out from the world. You're no longer a part of it. That world is out there. 
It's out there. It's real. We're crossing over, but one thing you have to realize is that we're crossing over not to annihilate the people that are out there. God is wanting us to understand something. We have to love the people that are still in the world because God says that none should perish, but all come to salvation. In Matthew 22, verse 36 to 40, it says, remember your priorities. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees got together, one of them, an expert of the law, tested him with this question, teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus replied, the love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all thy soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this, to love thy neighbor as yourself. And all the laws and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Your priority, your priority is to love God, to thank Him, to praise Him. We come in here, we, that's why it's called Praise Chapel, because we come here to worship and thank the Lord for what He's done in our lives. Every time we come together, we meet together. But you don't have to do that just when you come to church. Every day you could be praising God and worshiping God and lifting Him up and thanking Him for what He's done in your life. Number four, it says, remember your calling in Matthew 28, 19-20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Amen. That's what we did Saturday. That's what we're doing. But it's not just Saturdays. It's not just when we come together it says we, we need to make disciples. We need to, to bring salvation unto people's lives, no matter where they're at, no matter where we're at. We don't have to contain it within ourselves. God is wanting us to open up and to preach the word of God. And he says, who, who's commissioned to preach? Everyone. Every one of you has got the voice of the Lord God inside of you. You have the power and authority to tell somebody about Jesus and to, and to raise the dead to life. But if you contain it to yourself, you're not doing any good. You're not doing yourself any good. You're not seeing any change in your life. Because you have to remember the enemy, the fifth thing is remember the enemy in 1 Peter 5.8. Be alert for, and be sober-minded for your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. The family of believers throughout the world are going to go through the same thing that you are facing and going through. In 1 John 3, 15-16, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer shall in, in, has eternal life residing in him. This is how you know that you love, that, that what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. You're important. And if we don't see that you're important to me, to me, you are important, each and every one of you, the kids, 
I don't care, the teenagers, the adults, the older generation, we're all important. And there should be no difference in how we treat one another. And as I said earlier, we're not here to condemn the world out there. We're not here to condemn the people that are in the world. The world needs to see that we love them. The world needs to see that there's something different inside of us. And if they can't see something different inside of us, we're missing out of who we are. We can't claim to be a child of God and we don't even know Jesus. We can't claim to be a child of God and we don't even read His Word to know what's inside of it. We can't claim to be a Christian and come to church and we can't even lift up our hands and praise God. God's wanted us to save that what is lost. When we cross out over into His promise, I got news for you. We're taking back what the devil stole. Amen. The devil's ripped each and every one of us off our whole entire life, and God's saying, Now it's your turn to take back what the devil has taken from you. Amen. Amen. But you know, God is good. God is so good. We see new faces all the time. But if we're not seeing people coming in, then there's something wrong. God has wanted us to see revival stirring in our lives and our hearts. And not just when we come to church. We can't just be bench warmers or seat warmers. There's too many of those out there in the world today. That's why they like going to big congregations because nobody knows who they are. We've been in churches. Me and my family have been to large churches before. And you know something? I didn't like it. Why? Because I didn't get to know people like I, I want to know people. God wants us to know people personally. Amen. Personally. And if you're not knowing somebody personally in the kingdom of God, then you're missing out on what God has for you because we're learning from one another. Amen? We learn from, from experiences and from our failures and from our, our faults. So we get up, we get up, we rise up because Jesus says, I'm here to help you. But you've got to call upon the Lord. Moses went to where he saw the burning bush. And a lot of times God is trying to get us to visualize the fact that he's showing us something and he's trying to draw us near to him. But the problem is we've got to get up and step out to where He's calling us. And if we don't step out, we're, we're missing out. We're missing out of what God wants to do in our lives. We're missing out what God wants to do in our homes. We're missing out on what God wants to, us to be doing in our children. We're missing out on, on, on our families getting saved because we're not telling them about Jesus. We're missing out on what God has called us to do. To be a his child. Amen. To be his child. He says, I called you out of the world to be part of the kingdom of God. And if you're part of the kingdom of God, he's wanting the kingdom to be where you're at now. What do you see? What do you see? Father God, we just praise you and glorify you today. We thank you, Lord, for your message tonight, Father God. 
Lord, you are so good. You are so good. You know, a lot of times we get caught up. We get caught up in ourselves. We get caught up in what's going on around us. And we don't even know who he is because we're not, we're not, we're not searching. We're not searching. And he's looking for a people that will have a heart that will search his word. And his word has life. His word has power. His word has freedom. His word gives life. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior.